Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of, I guess, the first episode of the season of Weber State Weekly's Men's Hoops Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, I've got um, not his first time on Weber State Weekly, but his first time as a panelist. Joining us is former Weber State forward, Cam Davis. Cam, what's up, man? Good to have you back on Weber State Weekly. What's up, man? It's great to be back. Yeah, good to have you. Cam's been doing good things. We'll move back to his native Denver and uh, he's getting his videography business going. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, man. But uh, like I said, always good to see Wildcats doing well and uh, talking a little hoops, man. So thanks for taking the time. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. So uh, tonight's show, we'll talk a little bit about last week's uh, game against Utah Tech. Talk about what that, how that went and kind of what it means. Uh, then we'll preview this week's games against Cal Baptist on the road. And St. Martin's, a D2 school, coming to Ogden to face the Wildcats in the Purple Palace. And then we'll wrap it up with, uh, look, we're going to bust out Waldo's Magic 8-Ball early this season. Going to put some questions to the 8-Ball, see what the future might hold for this squad. Uh, so we'll get into that. But before we do, want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to continue to follow Weber State Weekly. And if you would, tell your friends and family members, if they're Wildcat fans and they uh, care a lot about Wildcat hoops, hey, we're talking Wildcat Hoops, so tell them about Weaver State Weekly. Have us follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, let's grow this thing, man. Let's grow the fan base. So uh, also, you can go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly. If you want to support us, really appreciate our patrons for doing that. And uh, that's it. So, Cam, let's talk about Utah Tech, man. Uh, this one was rough. Um, this one was was rough. Uh, I, what, what I, want, I want to say, though, to start out is that I think... People, when they think, oh, Utah, you know, the former Dixie State, like ah, these guys, like they're like D2, you know, we shouldn't be losing to them. This is a this is a, a, a squad that's much improved. You saw, you know, we'll talk about it in just a second. We saw uh, former Idaho Vandal Tanner Christensen playing for them and uh, he had an impact. So this is not the same Utah Tech slash Dixie State team that folks might remember. Obviously, they played well. And uh, this game was never really in doubt. They controlled, uh, they controlled most of it. Cam, I wanted to maybe get your initial thoughts on the Utah Tech matchup on Saturday night. Um, well, the Utah Tech team, like I said, they, they played they played well, and they had a couple pieces that you know showed up for them for absolute sure. Um, and I just feel like they just kind of shot better, especially behind the arc, than we did at the time at times, um, which is you know difficult to compete with. Yeah, and that does feel like the difference, right? That uh, they uh, a few more shots fell for them than fell for us. Uh, the Wildcats have had a really tough string of shooting thus far in this early season. Uh, we know the talent's there. We know guys can hit their shots, but it just hasn't quite clicked yet. But when it comes down to brass tacks, you know, Utah Tech ends up shooting 31% on the night, which is good. It's not like burning down the nets, but you know, if you're shooting 30% from three, that's a good spot. Whereas the Wildcats shooting um, a little bit below that at 28%, four of 14, whereas tech was six of 24, you know, uh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, they were six of 19, sorry. And so it's just, you know, it's just a couple more shots fall and um, that's just the way it goes, man. And so I agree with you. It's um, it's tough when a team is shooting well, um, we'll talk about the, who was shooting well, but I wanted to get your initial thoughts, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like this year especially is is, is definitely a year um, 
that when Dixie State, like, I said, like you said, they have a couple of pieces when they, and they're growing, they're growing. but uh, this was a, a year for Wildcats who are kind of learning a lot this year. I, and in my eyes, yeah. right? In my eyes, this is, a, this is definitely um, a time where they're growing, um, finding their own games within a, a new system, right? Shout out to my, my, my guy, um, um, a new coaching staff, you know what I'm saying? Not new coaching staff, my, my, my uh, old coach, but they're finding their own way. Um, and it kind of shows at certain times, but it's kind of a learning experience. I guess it's all in a process in, in my brain, how, how I see it. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about this before we started the, the show, a young team right now, a team that is, like you said, working through it. A lot of guys in the new system, a lot of new faces, but a lot of underclassmen as well. And so guys getting still getting their feet wet in division one basketball. And so things have not gone swimmingly thus far. I think also there have been some tough matchups. I mean, playing Washington first right out of the gate. That's tough, yeah. right? That's tough. <laughs> For, for a young team, that's, that's extremely tough because your first game, uh, you have a lot of really like freshman jitters, let's put it that way, right? And your first game is against a, a solidified team, you know, who's already been playing and that's already rough. And the year in general and the consistency and the mentality you have to have um, going into basketball in a college career is, is, is different. It's next level. And for a bunch of young guys to be approaching that, it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the system um, that we saw on the floor on Saturday night. Um, one thing I noticed, Cam, was that it felt like the offense kind of struggled to score in that first half. They they were trying to figure out the defense, trying to, you know, poke holes in it and find ways. And they just didn't seem to figure it out. So, you know, they only put up 28 points in the first half. So do you think it's a function of guys still, like you said, learning the system or is Coach Duft, you know, doing something different this year? that is making it maybe a little bit tougher for guys to latch on to quite yet? Well, you know, that's when it's hard to say, right? Cause I'm not in the, in the locker room with them, like hearing this new, new systems, but I, you know, me knowing coach Duff, I would assume, you know, that he's, you know, trying to, or making adjustments even as they go, right. He'll be the type of coach that, you know, is trying to put them in front of, you know, systems that they can thrive in. I think it's more so them just kind of getting used to the systems and where they can score within the system. Um, Cause one thing that I noticed is that, you know, sometimes their assist totals may be low. So they don't really know how to find shots in the system yet for each other. And that's really hard to do, especially as a young team, it's really hard to be successful without, you know, knowing where your shots are going to come from. Yeah. Like you said, uh, assist total was a little bit low. Wildcats had just nine assists with five of those came from Dylan Jones himself. Um, yeah. So the other four, you know, just guys sharing the ball. And so it makes sense what you're saying where it's like, guys haven't quite figured out where to find those shots in the system yet. And so they're trying to create, we saw a lot of, you know, ISO one-on-one driving from the top of the key and trying to make a shot happen uh, because yeah. things weren't quite working out the way they hoped. Sometimes that led to some turnovers, right? Where they're going and they're trying to draw the defense in to collapse and then trying to kick it back out. So turnover numbers, I think were a little bit higher because of that. But um, what you said makes sense where guys are trying to find those shots, find those spots. And when they do th those assist numbers will come up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the turnovers. I mean, seven in the first half alone. Uh, it's not like a crazy number, but it is a little high. Seven, seven. And then did you, did you feel that it was more tech who was playing great defense and making it hard on the Wildcat offense? And so they were causing those turnovers or maybe a function of like we've already talked about still trying to find it, working through the system, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And so you're not a hundred percent on where you're going to send the ball. You're trying to create on the fly. And so that creates, you know, opportunities for turnovers. 
Did you feel it was more text defense or just trying to create? Uh, I feel like it's more trying to create. Uh, I wouldn't say as much text defense, not to discredit the defense. The defense is probably pretty solid, right? But if you even looked at the stats, like they didn't have a lot of steals or blocks. They had a couple, right? But like right. it was more so just, I would, I would say it's more just just mistakes on the, on the wildcat, wildcat, wildcat side, right? Just them kind of not knowing, you know, where to put the ball or try to be too creative at times or, you know, just, just them being young. It, it really just a bunch of young mistakes. Yeah, because it's a good point. Like only two blocks in this game, four steals total. Uh, it's not overwhelming. It's just, you know, yeah. just trying to figure it out. So I, I think that's what makes sense to me. And I think it's probably a drum that we're going to beat over and over again as we go through this non-conference. And once we get into conference play is that this is a team that's trying to gel. It's a new coach. Yes, of course, Coach Duft has been at Weber State for a long time, but it's now his first season as head coach and doing the things that he wants to do. And so there are going to be some differences, even though he has been a longtime assistant to, you know, former head coach, Randy Ray, mm-hmm. that's going to happen. And then in addition, there were a lot of transfers in, you know, we're seeing junior Ballard, Keith Dinwiddie, Steve Replankin, you know, the list goes on. Like these are all new guys coming from various schools coming together to play. And I think, I think it's a really talented roster. Like I really do. I look at some of the, the game that these guys have and, you know, there, there's some nice players here. It's just, I think it's going to take a little bit more time to gel. And honestly, I don't mind even if like we suck halfway through conference play, just so long as we start to click in February and get, and go into March strong. Hey man. That's, that's, that's where it, where it counts essentially, especially as a team like this, like, like we said, like younger guys, whatever you kind of grow throughout the season, right? You have to kind of go through these, through these uh, lessons. I, I don't like to call them lost. I like to call them lessons, right? Cause you learn every game you're in, you're learning. You know what I'm saying? Every experience you can get, all the different situations, different play styles. You're constantly learning, right? So what's the goal is, is to grow enough to where by the time the end of your season happens, or like around that February area, you guys are like, okay, we think we have it now. Like we got it. We have our offense. We have the defense. We don't understand how players play. It's just a different kind of intensity. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're experiencing right now. It's like kind of the early, the first half kind of, you know, lessons. Cam, how much of that also is, you know, once conference play gets started, you're going to see teams twice. That's not something you're seeing in the non-conference, right? You're going to see them once and that's it. And so every game is just a new opponent. Whereas conference play, hey, I'm going to see you again. And so you're going to learn little things about them. Like how much of that is a factor as well going into February and March? Oh, man, that's that's really huge. That's really huge because you know, we really, in this conference at least, um, conference tournament is huge, right? So yeah. seeing teams multiple times is is preparation um, of what kind of shots you'll get against certain teams and what kind of defense you need to play against certain teams, right? So that's a really big thing. And if you have a team who's constantly in a stage of learning, right, by the time the tournament starts, they should be in positions to where they probably understand a little bit more what's going to go on in that game. Yeah, I mean, totally fair. So another thing I wanted to point out and, and get your opinion on Cam. So former Vandal Tanner Christensen had himself a game. He led all scorers with 20 points, was nine of 13 from the floor. Um, most of that was in the paint. You know, he, he really used his size a lot in this game. Um, didn't, didn't blow us away necessarily. You know, he had eight rebounds, which was a pretty good number. I think that led everybody, but Dylan Jones, which, you know, Dylan's going to get his rebounds. That's what Dylan does. So yeah. DJ is going to get that double, double. That's what he does. But uh, eight rebounds, you know, 20 points, a pretty good night for Tanner Christensen who has now transferred down to Utah tech. I was going to ask like how, 
How worried are you about the the depth in the front court this year? Because now uh, Alex Chu is there. Um, like you said, young player, sophomore now. Um, I think battling through some injury um, also. And then the rest of, of the front court is really young guys, freshmen. Uh, there is no Dante Bassett this time around. There's not a guy that you can look to and say, yeah, this guy's got the experience. He can handle it. Um, how do you feel about the front court? And where do you think, do you think it, it's going to be a problem or is it just going to be a steady process of continuing to learn the position and there might be some bad nights? Um, this one's a hard one. This one, this one's a hard one. Cause like I said, it kind of just depends on the players and, and, and their growing process and how, and where their minds are at during this process. Um, congratulations to, to, to what's the name who got 20 points? I forgot. Tanner, Tanner Christensen. Yep. So, so Tanner is a solid player, right? Solid yeah, yes. player, but they'll probably see a lot of solid bigs, right? Later on, even in a conference or even not, not to discredit him or anything, he had a great game, but if every good big they play against they're giving up points it can be troublesome so it really just depends on you know if those young guys are ready to step up and take the chance and and believe in themselves i think that that's huge and it's possible extremely possible i, I see it happen all the time um right now alex is doing as much as he can he's playing solid um but i think that the bench the having that same energy off the bench is going to be huge yeah. And I would say that like there, there was energy off the bench in this one. Like if I go back and look, I thought there was like 19 bench points, I think is what it was. Uh, 17 for the Wildcats here. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's, that's, uh, that's for tech. Yeah. The Wildcats had 19 bench points out of their, you know, 65. And that's a nice number, I think, uh, because yeah. it's like, it's not all just the starters, you know, guys are coming in they're they're, they're competing, you know, a, a big chunk of that is Zaire Porter continues to do a good job coming off the bench. You know, he contributed 12 of those 19. So, um, Porter off to a good start, you know, it feels like he's healthy, which is nice. Cause when, when Zaire is healthy, uh, he's a, he's a great player. Uh, but it feels like last season he was maybe a little bit hampered. Yeah. No, Z, Z bucks. I'm calling him Z bucks, right? Z bucks. Hey. Hey, hey, he's, he's a basket, man. I'm telling you when he's, when he's like in the right, when he's in his space, man, he's, and he's scoring, he's such a smooth player. He's such a smooth player. such a great addition to a team. It's really come off the bench, right? Having the same kind of, you know, offensive damage coming off the bench is huge for any team. Um, and I think, I think he's, he is that right now in, in a large way, which is dope. Super, super dope. Yeah, and it feels like he's the sixth man right now. I mean, because he he's the he leads all all players off the bench with twenty minutes, and so it feels like Porter is the is the sixth man right now, and he took advantage. I mean, he shot fifty percent from the field, uh, missed a couple of of threes, but like I feel like his game has evolved a lot because I feel like when when Zaire came to us, his assignment was maybe three and D, right? That, that was his job. He wanted to be that wing defense. That's kind of what he was, and he was going to shoot the ball. Whereas I feel like he's really evolved his game. He's really good at going to the basket now. Um, he's really, he's, he's done a lot of work at being able to finish. And that showed, you know, four of eight, you know, and he's shooting four of four from the free throw line. Like that's, that, that that's his points right there. You know, he's not relying on the long ball to make it happen. Uh, he's, he's taking care of business and, and making his shots closer to the basket. And that's something I like to see, man, because it's like, listen, it's not just a make or miss night. It's like the threes aren't going down. We're losing. It's like, nah, we're going to get close to the basket and we're going to give ourselves a chance. Absolutely. I, I like, um, especially with him in this game, the efficiency, especially at, at the rim, he's very efficient at the rim and then making his free throws. Like that's huge. Free throws in the end of the game is really huge. And if your bench is making free throws, that's also a big, a really big thing. And his left hand's got so much better. His left hand finishing is insane. Um, so, I mean, I think, the sky's the limit, honestly. He's like, especially at the end of the season, he'd probably be doing better. 
Yeah. I feel like this is the Porter we would have seen maybe at the end of your senior year, had he not been injured the following year and just, you know, tried to make it work, you know, cause we saw some, some solid growth, you know, in your senior season with that team. And uh, it, it really looked like Porter was, but then just last year he was, just, you know, it was just tough. He had a lot of shoulder problems. And so it was just, he wasn't able to progress, but now he's back and it's like, yeah, man, look at him go. He's just, it's incredible. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Um, thing I wanted to ask you about though, talking about tech again. Um, so tech guard, Isaiah Pope had 19 on the night. He only averages 9.6, you know, coming into this game. That, that number is obviously a little bit up now because of his 19. Did you think that like, it was just like, he just cooked or is there maybe concern that the Wildcats might struggle to guard really good guards? Cause it is a guard driven league, right? Like that's what the big sky is, is what it usually is. It's a guard driven league. And so is there, is there maybe worry that the Wildcats might struggle against better guards in the league and give up, you know, points because Isaiah Pope only averages 9.6 coming in has almost 20 on the night has himself, you know, that's a season high for him. And do we, do Wildcat fans need to be worried about that? Um, I'm not going to say worried. I don't think worried is the right word to say that. I mean, like I said, he doesn't average as many points and he had a phenomenal game shooting over like 60% in the field. Right. Yeah. Like that's, that's unusual for anybody, even if you are a dominant guard in any league. Um, so you know, like, he had a great night, but to say, to be worried about that, maybe, maybe alert, like maybe, Hey, let's get our stuff together. Let's have a talk in the locker room. Hey, like this, this guy had a couple buckets. Let's, let's, let's strap down on that, you know, but worry for the whole conference. I, I, I fully believe in, in, in the Wildcat defensive scars, you know what I'm saying? They're already kind of undersized, but they, they, they move, they do move and they have, they show flashes of really good defense, really great defense. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily something that, that it needs to be worried about, um, but it needs to be in the brain. Like, it needs to be there. Like, just be cognizant of it and just be working on that to make to, to get better. Yeah. Um, last question I had for you, man, is um, five non-conference. Two of those are against Utah State and BYU. Do you think, I mean, we just talked about it a little bit about how, like, even if, if it drags on into the, the regular, uh, the, the, the conference schedule that the Wildcats still working on gelling, that it's not the end of the world if they don't. But I mean, it has been a, a kind of, it's been a rough start. Guys are still learning it. Mm-hmm. What, what's your take? Do you think that the, that five games is enough to make serious progress or do you think it's going to take maybe a little bit longer? Um, that BYU game is gonna be huge, and this yeah, is it is. Um, yeah, it's gonna be such a huge game. There's gonna be a, a lot of things because BYU always has a very solid team. They have yeah. large bigs, right, and pretty solid guards that take care of the ball and, and get the ball places that they need to get to. And it's gonna be a, a large test and and a grow a time of growing. You know what I'm saying for for the Wildcats, honestly, or for my team, my guys, right? I. Personally, I think anything's possible. I've seen a bunch of crazy stuff in my career. Sure. You know, Sometimes downplay anything, but I think it's mainly on how they approach it. If they approach the game properly and, and, and how it could be, it could be a time for them to really grow because BYU is an experience. They always have very experienced teams, very solid teams that go pretty far, even past February, right? So at times. So, um, and I'm not really familiar with the record this year, but. I think it's a good chance for the for us to see how with the defense, how much improvement for the defense has been made, and you know where they're going to be finding their shots and, and how they're going to be finding shots because BYU has good defense as well. So um, 
I'm interested to see what happens. And I, I'm, I'm huge on positive energy, so I'm not going to say anything negative about it, but it'll be a great, great time for them to learn and grow. Yeah, it seems like, um, it feels like the, the take is that, you know, continuing to challenge the team and put them in tough situations where they have to play well against stiff is good because then they have to figure it out against tough opponents. There are no days off necessarily. Like the competition just keeps coming. There aren't games where it's like, ah, we got this. That's not happening. And so for them to continue to play against really tough competition is probably good going into the non-conference because right out of the gate, they're going to play Northern Colorado. That's the first, that's the first conference game, which is a game that I will be at folks. So um, if you're, if you're in, in Ogden, come say what's up. Cause I'm going to be there, but uh, Northern Colorado, good team, you know, a team that just knocked off Colorado state, uh, Colorado mm-hmm. state, a tournament team last year, you know, uh, a, a good team. And so, or I would say a tournament caliber team. And so, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just, I, I guess I like the toughness of the schedule, but um, we'll just see how they handle it. But I think overall, continually having challenge after challenge after challenge, eventually it's going to click because... It has I mean, to. Yeah, like it will. It my fault, yeah, my fault. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. But yeah, I mean, essentially... It has to like the the more the more difficulty you face, you you honestly you pick up on things in the game, like oh man, like like you have to kind of figure it out because if you love basketball, you love winning, and you want to be you know you want to win. Everybody wants to win, right? Hey. Uh, you don't want to lose, <laughs> so you will find ways. You will find a way to like do better and to get closer, and so you can actually get a portion of that win. It has to happen. Yeah. So uh, final thoughts here. Wildcats fall 77 to 65 to Utah Tech at home in the Purple Palace. Um, Wildcats sit now two and six on the season with the the week coming. Um, but it's a process. So we'll just see what happens. It's all about it's like Sean Lewis always said. It's all about one week in Boise or three days in Boise, I think is what he always says. So mm-hmm. that's what it, that's what matters. Cam, final thoughts there. Do you want to share or want to preview this week? Um yeah, no, nah, this this game is definitely a learning lesson. And honestly, I I, I feel like personally they, they could have performed better. I, I know the guys are, are are good and you know, this is just one game. So that's that's my that's all I gotta say. Yeah. And I think they'd agree. They they know they're like there's a lot of talent here. And so it's just a matter of putting the pieces together because it's there. I mean, the talent is there, man. Absolutely. So moving on, uh, let's talk a little bit about this week's games. Uh, we'll start with a tough Cal Baptist team and then a home game at the Purple Palace against D2 St. Martin. So let's start, let's start with uh, Cal Baptist. Um, I was just doing a little scouting because I don't watch Cal Baptist, man. I don't watch whack basketball, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I just don't. Um, so, I mean, it is on ESPN Plus and I watch a lot of ESPN Plus, but just... I don't know, man. So I had to go and scout them. Like, who, what, what's up with Cal Baptist? So they usually have a quality squad, and, and it is a quality squad. And so the uh, thing that I noticed, not a terribly potent offense. They're 13th out of 13 in the WAC and in scoring offense. So it's like, all right, this is not a good, this is not a team that's going to bury you. But where they make their money is on the defensive end of the ball, especially guarding the three-point line. They do not give up a lot of threes. And so we talked about the struggles with the offense, you know, in the last segment about how guys are still working it out. Now you face another tough defensive challenge in Cal Baptist where you're probably going to be able to keep up with them because their offense is not whiz bang. And so even just an above average defensive showing will keep you close. But Cam, how do you feel that the Wildcats 
break through on a team like this where you know they're going to be defensively tough. And so you're going to try and, and you can't just shoot over the top of them. Like you're, you know, shooting the three is not the thing. That's the thing that they excel at is shutting that down. So I don't know, man, like where do you think the Wildcats find points as Cal Baptist? Um, I think this would be a huge game for Dill. I think Dill have an amazing game. Dill thrives in the point and uh, the paint, my point. Um, and the ball just finds him. Obviously his rebound totals are, are extravagant. Um, I think this is a really game where he will, he will, he can thrive. And it's a good, it's a good game also for Alex and any, any big man in the game, because they'll have a chance to really, um, to get opportunity inside and, and, and maybe playing inside will open up shots, a little easier shot selection from the three point line. Right. Because they're so good at shutting down threes. You almost want to find the gap inside their defense. And if it's inside, that's where you want to go. Yeah, they can't do it all, right? If you're going to commit that much to guarding the perimeter, there's going to be vulnerabilities inside. And I I agree with you. Dylan Jones thrives in that environment. Oh, Dylan's going to go crazy. I I already know. And we we, we need him to uh, because he's a a huge part of the team, right? So I think this is a good game for them to kind of of battle. This 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 will be a battle, right? Because, you know, right now, most of our points coming from the paint, which is fine, which is fine. So... I love, yeah. I love a high percentage shot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. <laughs> of course. So our our strength right now is somebody else's weakness. So we'll take it, right? Yeah. So take that. Um, so I think this is this would be a good opportunity for them to kind of test against a good defense, right? But really find their their points in the paint. Another thing I think is going to be key to this is, like we said, Dylan Jones is going to have a good game. Um, he should be able to, you know, have have a pretty good day in the paint. Um, Dylan always gets his rebounds. He does a great job of that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think maybe an underrated part of Dylan's game, we talked about it in the last segment, five assists in the last game. Dylan is very good at finding his teammates when, you know, the, the defense is committed to him. He's more than willing to pass the ball for easy buckets. And so I think that if there's good off ball movement by the Wildcat offense, and if the defense is committing to, maybe to try and stop Dylan Jones after he's already put 15 up on them. Um, it's going to create a lot of opportunities for backdoor cuts for guys to move off ball. And those are even easier shots because they will be far less contested. And so I, I think, like I said, an underrated part of Dylan's game is you know his ability to facilitate and, and draw the defense. But if guys move off ball effectively, it's going to be nice. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and like, Dill's a playmaker, man. If you, if you ask like, what's Dill's play style is playmaker, whatever they, whatever you need from him to do, he's going to go find a way to do it. Right. And passing, he's, he's a good passer, right? So he's capable of, of having a triple double if he wanted to, let's put it that way. Yeah, not <laughs> right? very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, I think that'd be a large strength for them is, is when he starts going, going into pay and getting his buckets is, is finding his teammates and, and they'll have opportunities. Like you said, the back cut, um, and maybe even a couple, a couple of the threes from mistakes. Cause a lot of times with, when people are killing you in your weakness, you try to compensate and, and you're giving up things that you might be better at, right. As, as any team, any team tries to adjust in the game. So who's, who's to tell where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, another, another stat that might play, play a role is, Cal Baptist is dead last in the conference in the WAC in free throw percentage. They are a bad free throw shooting team. Wildcats are a good free throw shooting team. You know, they talked about in the broadcast last weekend that the Wildcats were one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. And so as the game gets late and, you know, maybe you're putting guys on the line, how much of a factor do you think it is? Does it only matter if it's close or does their inability to put the ball through the hoop on free throws 
put them in a bind. What, what do you think? Oh, well, free throws are one are huge, right? I think if I look, look correctly, um, Wildcats have been shooting like eighty percent most of their games as a team. That's outrageous. Right? That's great. amazing, great. amazing numbers. And for a team who whose weakness may be the paint, right? You have a lot of opportunities to get to the free throw line. So that kind of adds up over a, a period of a game. And if the other team's not making free throws and you're making free throws while being in position to get more free throws, that can really be a huge difference, right? It doesn't just mean like the end of the game. And the game, of course, is a big difference. But during a stretch of a game. Oh man, you can easily get ten or twenty extra points from just free throws if the other team's not making them. Yeah. Um, so they're late on rotations, and they've got a foul to try and keep you, you know, and maybe some man one situations. You just go to the line for two, you know, and you're making them, and that's that's the best worst part about it. You're making them, so so those are free points, and they're giving them to you because they're trying to avoid threes. So that that can get out of control if you, if if you know if we take advantage of it. Yeah. I think another factor too is, you know, since it is a team that does like to contest the three and make sure a lot of times teams that contest the three pretty heavily, they make mistakes. And when they make those mistakes, that's three free throws instead of just two. So, Hey man, we'll take those as well. But I just wondered about the free throws. Cause it's like, I think it's going to play a factor, especially if the game is tight late. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If the game is if the game is tight late, you, you have more opportunities to get buckets because they probably will be missing. So that's yeah. that's an advantage. Last thing on Cal Baptist is they do have a common opponent with Weber State, the University of Washington. So the Lancers beat the Huskies seventy three to sixty four a couple of weeks ago in Seattle. Uh, Wildcats did not fare so well first game of the season. Uh, what do you make of that comparison, man? Like, does it? Um... It's tough because, you know, oops, it was the first game of the season with this team. Um, that can mean something. Um, Washington maybe had an off night. Maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's just like a matchup thing. You know, basketball, I feel, is very much like football where matchups matter. They matter an awful lot. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. What do you make of the common opponent and them, you know, beating the Huskies? hand? No, I'm not going to say handily, but, you know, comfortably, whereas the Wildcats had a rougher go. Well, I mean... If you, if you when you look at the stats right now, I guess I'm now looking at the stats, right? You can tell that I think the three point defense played a large part in that game, mm-hmm. right? If if one team is shooting 16 three pointers and only making 25 percent of them, right, which is un, under like a 30 percent comfortable and 30 percent is your low. I would say 33 is even better, maybe 33 to 35, right? Mm-hmm. So them shooting 10 percent lower than like a 35 is is a large contributor to a loss. You're not shooting well while they're shooting. 40% from three, <laughs> right? Right. So, yeah. um, and that hurts, right? That hurts bad. Oh, it hurts terribly. So it could be a matchup thing. It could just be those more prepared or, or suited to play against a Washington type team, or maybe Washington was just missing. Who knows? Right. It's one of those things where it's like, it's really hard to tell because any night is, can be anybody's game. Right. Adding to the fact that the Wildcats first game with so many freshmen and so many young players and so many new things and systems, their first game was Washington. So, you know, that's as there's so many things that play into why one team may have thrived and another team may have not thrived. Um, and I think it mainly has to do with the circumstances around, you know, the game itself and the, the advantages and the disadvantages that each team has against the same opponent. Yeah, it felt like um, so Washington shot 31 percent against the Wildcats in that game. Um they went six of 19, but it felt like the, the difference in that game was second chance points. So just crashing mm-hmm. the offensive boards they had 10 offensive rebounds in that game. So that, man, that, that hurts, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll have to see how the Wildcats deal with, 
you know, the challenge that is Cal Baptist because, you know, that, that was where they struggled against Washington. Cal Baptist handled it well. And so we'll see what that means, but wanted to get your take on the common opponent and kind of what it might mean. Yeah. Um, any more thoughts on Cal Baptist before we talk about St. Martin's? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think Cal Baptist is a great, a great team and, and it would be a great test. I think that's yeah. the main, it would be a great test uh, and a chance for the, the Wildcats to kind of um, turn their season around into a better direction, right? This is, this is a chance for them to come out and, and to find opportunity to, to demonstrate their growth or demonstrate, you know, you know, that they can still compete. Yeah. Cal Baptist quality opponent. I mean, it's a good opponent to have on the schedule. Uh, I like it a lot. And so we'll just kind of see what happens. Uh, next up, we'll talk about St. Martin saints. Um, they're going to come to the D on Saturday with a seven and one record. They are a D two team though. And they hail from Lacey, Washington had to look up where that was. Uh, <laughs> I looked up some of their, uh, their stuff and it was like, Oh, okay. They play against like central Washington. They play against Western Oregon, who the Wildcats saw in football. They will play against, um, uh, what is it? Simon Frazier, which is a Canadian team that, you know, plays uh, against Americans sometimes. And so uh, that's kind of the the competition that they usually face. Do you feel like this is a chance to kind of work on some things? Because obviously it's a D2 opponent coming in. They have a 7-1 record, but they haven't really played anybody. It's mostly they're just playing teams at the D2 level. They're just kind of, you know, they've been staying in their own lane and they've been doing well. Um, but it is a D2 opponent. Um, and so do you think that this is a chance to work on some stuff or you got to be careful because these are trap games and this could be a fight. Yeah. Okay. So my personal opinion, let me put, let me put, let me put two different opinions, right? Sure. I should never lose that game in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How, how I see ball and then how I see the team and how, with how they approach ball and how I know they approach ball and how Dove has been going. That shouldn't be, that should be a game where, where you're almost solidifying, um, solidifying and, and, and really walking into yourself. Like I said, I think the, the CBU game, um, I think that's a good test. I think whatever comes from that, you build on that, whether it's another lesson or whether it's a win, you build on the next game from that game. Right. Because this team, they're a winning team, so they're used to winning. Right. And they play, they play to win, but at the same time, you should be, you should be expecting to win as well and approaching it um, as, as, as aggressively as you can. Hmm. Yeah. Fair take. I mean, I agree with you that like win this game, that that's not in doubt, right? You should win this game. Yeah. Uh, and so there's an Absolutely. opportunity for you to work on some stuff, but you do have to be careful that like, Hey, they win at their level. And sometimes teams can punch above their weight. Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> so yeah. I said, you shouldn't take it as a joke, right? But you, but you should be expecting yourself to perform the best you can. Yeah. And so, um, we talked about the non-conference schedule coming up. Um, obviously, five games remain. Um, two of them will come this week. Uh, there will be just three more after that. What do you think needs to be shored up in order to be competitive in the coming weeks? Or is it like, you know what, man? Just like, don't worry about what needs to get fixed. Just let it play out. What's what's your uh, what's your outlook on the the remaining non-conference schedule? Oh, you should always be worrying about what needs to be fixed. <laughs> you always. You know, saying that if you get complacent, I don't I don't care what part of the season you're in. I don't care if it's the last game, right? Yeah. Every game should be an opportunity to thrive and be better. Um, and I would like, cause I think, I think the Wildcats, especially in the guard position are too talented to be shooting um, 25% from three at all. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. And if, I, 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 I would love to see the percentages go up on, on three, on threes. And I'd love to see the difference, the defensive intensity maybe increase a little bit. Right. Not that saying that it's bad, 
not saying that, but I think they can be so much capable of so much more. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just me being confident in, in, you know, who we have and the potential that they have. Um, and those two things, I think they can compete, compete with those two things, but rebounding, let's say rebounding would be a problem. You know, it, it could be, not say it will be, it could be a problem. Rebounding could be a problem. Dale's doing his thing. He would always do his thing, but you know, teams are bigger. You know what I'm saying? They had two good competitions coming up, BYU and, you know, um, so Utah State. in Utah State. So basically rebounding would be huge. So, but mainly I want the three point percentage to go up and, and just, I want them to cause a little bit more turnovers maybe and, and make it competitive. Yeah, I think you're right. If the three point percentage comes up a little bit and I'm not saying it needs to go up to like 40%. I mean, if it, if it bumps above 30%, if you get like 31, 32, 33%, I think that relieves a lot of pressure off of the system because teams have to respect that you can shoot the three now that you're not just going to brick it all the time. Whereas like you see a team shooting 25% you're like, ah, I don't respect that. Whereas you're shooting 33. It's like, okay, we, we really got to do some work out here. Um, and that's going to open up some things, I think. And so that should hopefully make a difference in the offense because now there'll be space inside to move and to pass and to do some things. So I agree. Like, like getting that, that three point percentage up a little bit. I think they're a talented enough team that they can get it there. It's just, um, I don't know the mountain air, I guess, you know, a lot of these guys came from sea level. So it's getting tired, but yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Right. I think spacing is everything in basketball. Spacing is everything in basketball. The more space yeah. you get, the more opportunities you can get. That's why Stephen Curry is so valuable, right? Because yeah. they have to pay him half, half court. So I, I agree. Yeah, man. Um, all right, man. Any other things on St. Martin's before we move on to the next segment? Uh, no, nothing else about them. Yeah, show up, man. I mean, this is obviously, like we said, a D2 game, but um, I think an opportunity to have a good time. So go to the mm-hmm. Palace, have a good time. Enjoy it, man. Football's over. Volleyball's over. So it's hoops now. Let's enjoy hoops. Let's do it. All right, man. Final segment. Like we said at the top, we're going to be breaking out Waldo's Magic 8-Ball early this season. First show of the of the young men's hoops season. And so uh, I was going to give you an opportunity to ask the 8-Ball offensive question out of the gate. So Cam Davis, what's an offensive question you have for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball uh, in this early season? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I would say... That's too specific. Is it like a, it's like a yes or no questions? Yeah. Yes or no is good. Like you're going to shake the um, eight ball. We're going to see what the eight ball says. Okay. Okay. Um, is the Wildcats biggest strength the paint? Right. Or, or will they get more success from three point? Will they, will they increase the three point percentage? Let me put it that way. Will they increase the three point percentage? Okay. I mean, it's a great question. And one we just talked about, right? The hope that it yeah. would go up. So let's ask the eight ball, man. Wildcats going to increase that three-point percentage and give themselves a chance to get a little bit better spacing. Shaking mm-hmm. Waldo's magic eight ball. The answer being... Reply, Hazy, try again. That's not the answer I want. <laughs> Come on, Waldo. Yeah, like what? Okay, okay. So we've had this problem with Waldo's magic eight ball in the past where um, we busted out early in the season. And it was salty. It was kind of salty where it's given us a lot of like, ah, I don't really know. Blah, blah, blah. And so uh, I don't know, man. So reply hazy on the three point. I guess maybe we'll have to see how guys do in the gym in the coming weeks. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, my question is um, offensively. My question is, I really believe in 
in off ball movement, you know, when, when we see an offense run effectively, it's because guys are moving and it makes it difficult for the defense to keep track of them. Thus far, we've seen a lot of just kind of hanging out like guys are in their spot and they're trying to space the floor in their positions, but it's making it a little too easy on the defense. So my question to Waldo's Magic 8 ball is, as the season goes on, are we going to see more of that off ball movement to give defenses fits? So shaking Waldo's Magic 8 ball, the answer is... My reply is no. All right. You know what? I'm going to respect it because maybe that's not coach Duff's strategy and that's totally fine. That's what uh, armchair coach Colby is trying to do. Trying to impose my will upon the Wildcats. The eight ball says, don't do it, man. Let, let, let coach Duff cook. <laughs> cook. And, and honestly, um, I think there's a possibility. You know, say, what if Waldo's wrong? Is he, is he wrong? Hey, what's, what if Waldo's magic eight balls wrong? Hey, I like it. <laughs> Let's see. All right, man. So let's let's flip the script down. Let's talk a little bit about a defensive question. What's your question about the Wildcat defense that you want to ask the eight ball? Um, will the Wildcats number of blocks go up? All right, okay. That's something I'm really interested in is if they can get more blocks. Um, it's a stat. I feel like it would be really beneficial. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about, you know, some of the issues with size in the front court. Uh, and so seeing guys get a little bit more aggressive defensively, like you said, increase that defensive intensity uh, and get get er- into guys a little bit earlier in the shot and uh, maybe get some blocks. Let's ask the eight ball. You're going to see those blocks go up. Waldo's at magic eight ball says you can rely on it. I like it. Oh, They're going to get better. I like it. <laughs> I think for me, a uh, defensive question is I'm worried about the rebounding, right? Like we talked about the, you know, the, the O boards so far this season have been a problem. We've been giving chance, lots of uh, teams, lots of opportunities uh, to put the ball back up to, you know, just offensive rebounds are just second, second possessions, right? Trying to take some of those away. And so my defensive question for Waldo's magic eight balls, we're going to see the, the rebounding get better uh, so that the Wildcats, have more possessions themselves, but take away extra possessions from the opposing team. Shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. The answer coming through is no. Okay. All right. I, you know what I think it is? I think the wall, the eight ball just doesn't like me. I think that's hey, what so it is. You. Wait, did you do something to him? <laughs> <laughs> Pissed him off early and uh, now it's not going so well for me. Uh, man, rough. So, all right. Final question here, man. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask about the bench because we talked about the bench production so far this season. It's been good. I think it's a young team, but there are lots of opportunities there. We talked about, you know, the, in the last game, the contributions, 19 points off the bench. What's your bench question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Um, will the Wildcats cycle through more bigs off the bench? Right. Okay. And, and, and test the limits with the freshmen um, and some other, other players. Okay, we're going to see more front court action from the bench, from this young core of players. Shaking Waldo's Magic A-Ball, the answer coming through is you can rely on it. Okay, the 8-Ball the likes Cam's questions. And, uh, <laughs> and you know what? Maybe I should just let you ask all the questions because I like the answers that you're getting. I don't like the answers that I'm getting. <laughs> That's funny. I, I think you must have, you must have made a man uh, for sure did something wrong. Maybe it's old beef. Who knows? But, uh, all right. So my bench question is going to be, um, so I think that the starting guards are really, really good. Uh, the guys that we have are great. Um, 
I like the guys that have transferred in. I think that they're really, really talented. But my question is behind them. Um, are we going to see some, some production and are we going to see guys effectively handling the ball and finding opportunities to score? So will the, the guards coming off the bench be, I'm not saying they have to be as effective as starters because they're not starters, but will they be more effective um, than maybe we've seen in the past? Shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. The answer coming through is yeah. So great, man. The bench is going to be a strength for this team going forward. I like to see it, man. I just love to see it. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I can see that. I can already see it. So yeah. I, I mean, KJ cool. coming off the bench. I like it, you know, get the yeah. hoop King out there. Let's go. <laughs> the hoop King, my guy. <laughs> my guy. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. So that's Waldo's magic eight ball. Now let's take a look at the upcoming schedule. So like we said, Wednesday, December 7th, that's tomorrow or, you know, today, if you're listening to the show in the podcast feed um, at Cal Baptist, 8 PM mountain standard time, you can watch it on ESPN plus, or you can listen to the dulcet tones of Steve Klauke on 1031 The Wave. Then Saturday, December 10th, uh, St. Martin's comes to Ogden to face the Wildcats in the Purple Palace, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You get your tickets at WeberStateSports.com. Watch it on ESPN Plus if you're like me and you're out of market. Cam as well, watching it out of market, so ESPN Plus is a thing. Or listen to it on 1031 The Wave. If you're out of market and you want to listen to it on 1031 The Wave, they have a website. You can go to the website. I've listened to Steve Klauke here in Nashville. Um, it's great. You can just get it through the internet. It's awesome. So even though you're not near the radio station, if you're out of market and you want to, you can. Then next week, uh, a little bit of a break. Uh, next game won't be until Friday, December 16th. Uh, Wildcats take the, take the trip down to SLO, San Luis Obispo, to take on Cal Poly, Dyson Kohler's former team, uh, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, ESPN Plus, or 103 on the wave on that one. I think they got a new head coach this year. I think I remember seeing that. Now, I could be wrong, but if they do, um, could be an interesting game. Then Monday, December 19th, uh, this is where things start to get a little bit real. This is a tough week. Uh, Two road trips, in-state road trips for the Wildcats. The first of those, Monday, December 19th, taking the trip up to Logan to face Utah State at the Smith Spectrum, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tickets at utahstateaggies.com if you want to go up to the game. Uh, or you, can go to Mount, you can watch the game on Mountain West Network or 103.1 The Wave. Then Thursday, December 22nd, right before Christmas at BYU, the Wildcats take the trip down to Provo, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for that one. Um, tickets at byu.edu. Uh, you can also watch that game on BYU TV or 1031 The Wave. Then Christmas break, and then you should join me Thursday, December 29th. Wildcats face Northern Colorado to open conference play. Yours truly will be in the Purple Palace. So come hang out with me. Come sit by me. Let's talk Wildcat hoops. Tickets at WeaverStateSports.com. You can watch it on ESPN Plus, which I won't be doing because I'm going to be in the Palace. And you can listen to it on 1031 The Wave. Cam, that's it, man want to thank you so much for taking some time i'll wrap up the show like i usually do we email us weberstateweekly gmail.com facebook instagram twitter patreon and the blog cam davis appreciate you man hope to have you back on this season really appreciated your insights tonight man oh man thank you for having me and i'll be back whenever you want me man i appreciate it like we said at the top cam's working on his videography business and so if you're interested you need some video work done reach out to him man hit up cam uh what's the best way to reach you man you like folks reach you on social media Twitter, oh, yeah. Instagram, what's the best way to get to you if uh, folks are interested in hiring your services or checking out your sizzle reel? Uh, Instagram right now, and it's uh, Cameron underscore Davis, uh, which is the Instagram, or I have a um, business email, Divinus Media. Divinus is spelled D-I-V-I-N-U-S Media. So Divinus Media. Um, so it's Cameron at DivinusMedia.com. Nice. And by the way, Cam's name is K-H-A-M. So don't mess that up. Yeah. It's my guy. 
But if if you're looking for video services, hit Cam up, check him out, support a fellow Wildcat, man. Cam, I want to thank you so much. I'll wrap the show up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Great, great.